welcome to the Grace Based Family Podcast. This is Dr. Tim Kimmel. For over 40 years, our ministry has been teaching people all over the globe how to turn God's act of grace into the defining feature of their closest relationships. We're excited for you to listen in on the conversation. Today, I am here with Dr. Tim Kimmel. He is the founder and executive director of Family Matters. Tim develops resources for families and churches and conducts conferences across the globe. Not only is Tim a well-known speaker, but he has authored many books, including Grace-Based Parenting, Grace-Filled Marriage, and most recently, Grace at Work. And God has blessed him and his wife, Darcy, with four children and 10 grandkids. And I asked him to come today Mm -hmm. to talk about grandparenthood. So welcome, Tim. I'm glad to be here. And not so much to talk about grandparents to grandparents, but uh, about the role grandparents can and should be playing in our lives as we're raising our kids. Yeah. Well, I've heard you say a grandparent is far more than a title. It's a calling. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, it's interesting how you get uh, uh, an automatic affinity to a human being simply by genetics. That um, somebody is born and because of the way they sit in the family tree, you're in the grandparent position. And, and there's, there's a, 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 an interesting dynamic, um, a, a heart connection that almost just happens automatically mm-hmm. between grandparents and grandkids. Now, I, it doesn't necessarily work the same for the kid's parents, at least not for the dad. Hmm. Uh, th- let, me, let me qualify that so that people are thinking, what is he talking about? Okay. Most most children automatically have a close connection to their mother. And so she doesn't necessarily have to earn their devotion. She gets it. Um, but dads have to earn it. Um, they, they just do. But what's interesting is grandparents usually don't. They get it just by being the grandparents. Hmm. Um, you, we saw this. We, we saw uh, how grandparents connect to a child. Uh, the night our first child was born, she was born around uh, 1 o'clock in the morning. And it was a C-section. She had breached, and so C-section. And um, there was only one other baby born that night. And uh, our, our little girl was 6 pounds, 9 ounces, something like that. But this other child was over 12 pounds. Wow. And, and what's interesting, it didn't look like twice the size of our baby. It looked more like four times the size of our baby. This is like Jabba the infant. And and because it was so big, they couldn't put it in the normal bassinet. It had to be over in like, um, like a forklift type thing over in it. <laughs> anyway, all of a sudden, two elderly people came flying into the to the area outside the the nursery mm-hmm. and um the, the they came racing it and they came up to the window and they're looking at our baby and they're assuming that's their grandchild and i was dressed in scrubs you know uh and so they thought i worked there now i knew they weren't my parents or darcy's parents i just didn't recognize them and so <laughs> and so i i um i i fi- i realized oh they're the grandparents of that child over there. Now, they were already ooing and aahing over our child. 
It was like this is their grandchild. I got their attention and I pointed over to the kid in, on the forklift thing. <laughs> and um, and I, I said, a mouth, he's yours. First of all, when they, the, the, their, their initial look at him was horrible. They were horrified. It was just a huge baby. But then something magical happened, Michelle. It, you could see that they disconnected from this child that was in front of me that they thought was their grandchild. And they connected to that child over there. They slipped down the window so they could see him. And then I wheeled him over so it would be right next to the thing. And they just immediately mm -hmm. fell in love with him. Wow. It was a great thing. That's so now, cool. unfortunately, life comes into the mix, and it can make what could be a really great ideal situation uh, a lot tougher to play out. Yeah, because you're describing <clears throat> this great moment where these parents were rushed to the hospital at 1 a.m., or in the middle of the night, it seems yeah. like, to see their new grand grandbaby. I mean, obviously it wasn't your daughter, it was no. the Jabba the infant, whatever you yeah. called him. That's but, a huge kid. So as you're, he some people are listening to By this. By the way, the mother was tiny. She was one, one tiny. She was just like average size. Oh, funny. You know, and Bless my her. wife had a C-section. That gal popped this thing out like some little cannon bones. <laughs> and uh, whoop, there it is. And, and she was laughing in recovery when she came through. Yeah. This is great. And Darcy was, you know, yeah. all zipped up and from the C-section and oh. was trying to find something to throw at her. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, but the, yeah. But yeah, so you saw these parents and your, your parents would dote on your kids. But what if people are listening to this and they're saying, okay, well, my grandparents, my kids' grandparents aren't that grand. That's exactly right. They, I, they I didn't rush to the hospital at 1 a.m. Mm -hmm. They didn't even call. Mm-hmm. I mean, so how do we, as we kind of unpack some of the assets and some of the key roles that we can, as parents, allow our kids' grandparents to play in their lives, let's just kind of set the stage for what happens when there's really hard relational dynamics or disappointments, unmet expectations. Well, well, unfortunately, this happens more than... Um we think, you know, we realize. Ever since uh, Darcy and I wrote the book Extreme Grandparenting, The Ride of Your Life, we've been amazed how often we either got a text message or an email from parents who actually bought that book for their parents, the grandparents, but they read it in advance. And they just say, I don't get it. I mean, my parents live in the same town with us, but they... Uh, they only come when it's convenient to them and usually when there's something in it for them. Um, they, they want the praise of their grandkids. They want to bring a gift and, you know, kind of buy their affection. Otherwise, they're just not available. And when we, we turn to them to, you know, we sh could, could you watch the kids, you know? what? No, we're, we're preoccupied. And, 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 base, and sometimes these are even grandparents who are retired and um, but th they not only retired uh, from their jobs they retired from their responsibility to their family and it's heartbreaking heart-wrenching for some of these parents mm -hmm. 
to to deal with that. And, and yet, there are some basic. I think there's some basic things that the Bible gives us to guide us that lead us in how to play our part as the parents, mm-hmm. regardless of whether the grandparents are playing theirs. In the Bible says, honor your father and your mother. Now, um, what's interesting is Jesus, when he re- re- reiterated that, you know, somebody was pinning him down and he was telling about that. He says, this is the first commandment that has a promise connected to it that your days may be long upon the land that the Lord your God has given you. So God calls us to show, uh, 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 to honor our parents, regardless of whether they're honorable. Now, that what does that mean and what does it not mean? It doesn't mean that you let abusive, high control, nightmarish parents ruin your marriage, play your kids against you, uh, play favoritisms, uh, break your break your kid's heart. No, it doesn't mean that. You have to set boundaries on people like that. But at the same time, it means that I'm still not writing them off, even though that's what they deserve, mm-hmm. because they're my parents, and God told me to honor them. And that means that I, I'm, you know, you know. There's a lack of respect that easily goes both ways between the generations. Um, do you remember, I think this p- band was popular in the 80s or 90s. We're going back a ways. Mike and the Mechanics. I've heard of them, but I couldn't sing one of their songs. Well, they they have a song called The Living Years. And, um, boy, I just think uh, the some of the lyrics to that really define... The issue that goes on between parents and their kids. Um, let me just quote a few um, bars from it. Every generation blames the one before, and all of their frustrations come beating at your door. I know that I'm a prisoner to all my father held so dear. I know that I'm a hostage to all his hopes and fears. I just wish I could have told him in the living years. What what they're summarizing there is that it's real easy for a younger generation to look down on the people that brought them here. Uh, listen, it's happening big time now. Mm-hmm. It happened big time when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I'm old enough now to be, I was center stage of the 1960s. We rejected in a wholesale manner so many of the good things our parents were trying to do because we thought that they were, they'd lost their mind, they'd screwed the world up, and we're going to fix it. We didn't fix it. We just took it deeper down in a hole. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but then this generation comes on, and we're enlightened, and, and we're progressive, and you people are stuck, and you're the wrong color, and your hair is gray. And, well, it's going to be hard for, I think, grandparents to be much of a contribution to our family if they sense deep down in our hearts, we just disrespect them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one place we can start to show honor. I'm going to show respect for them mm-hmm. and for what they could be bringing to the table. Now, some 
won't bring it even if you give them a chance. Mm -hmm. But the fact is a lot of them can and want to. Because I think there's some great assets that grandparents can bring center stage for us as we're raising our kids. Yeah, that's really important because I love that you touched on the fact that there are some relationships that are fractured due to divorce, abuse, high control, Mm -hmm. you name it. So before we talk about these assets, do you think we should, as parents, always work to restore a fractured relationship with our parents for the sake of our kids? Or are there some times where we're like, it's just, it's not in the best interest of our kids, but the majority of the time we should just give our parents some grace? Yes, well, just like we need grace from them. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, that's the whole point of our ministry is, you know, grace-based families, grace-based parenting. What, what, what does that look like? Well, we define it. We can summarize it in one sentence. You can do that. Grace is giving someone something they desperately need but don't deserve. They don't deserve. Yep. And think, think about that. You know, when mm-hmm. somebody is high control, Maybe they were abusive. They stepped over the line. What do they deserve from us? They deserve basically nothing good. Mm-hmm. And um, they've justified us being willing to write them off, to move away from them, to block mm-hmm. them out of our lives. But is that how God treats us in the same situation? Because, you know, I've heard parents Lament when they, when they think of their kids, they say, "You know, I, I can't believe this. We 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 gave, we gave them life, mm-hmm. we gave their life meaning, we've protected them along the way, we've provided for them, and they act like we don't exist." Mm-hmm. And God says, "Welcome to my world." <laughs> right. That's that's what mm-hmm. He must feel with mm-hmm. all of us, and yet, because of His grace. He comes in and gives us something we desperately need but don't deserve. He continues to love us, to desire a relationship with us, and, and, and to continue to make those advances to do that. So I, I think for the most part, most people listening to us, I think have parents that no matter the, what mistakes they made, there's probably enough to recover or to work with. There's very few people listening to us that I think where it would be in the best interest of them to not never let their parents buy their kids. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think restoring. Mm -hmm. So as you go into these assets of effective grandparents, I just want to encourage myself and other listeners Mm -hmm. who have a generation below them and above them to just really leave some space to think, are there any adjustments in how I can treat my parents mm-hmm. and help build a heart connection between my gra- my parents and my kids? Yes. Well, for instance, one, one thing your parents clearly have going for them is they've been around the block a whole lot more times than you have. And if they've stumbled their way around to some, go look in the mirror, so have you. We all do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the people that end up having the most to offer are the ones that stumbled quite a bit, but they took notes along the way, and they learned from them. And so I think one of the assets our grandparents can bring to our lives, as well as grandkids, is maturity. Mm -hmm. They know. You know, you can make a deliberate decision about how you're going to live your life based on 
um, presuppositions that are not going to go away. Life is not fair, and uh, it's never going to be fair, but it doesn't have to be fair to me for me to make, make the most of it. And I'm not going to get recognized for all the good things I did. That Life doesn't do that to all of us, but that's okay. I'm still going to do them. And um, I think one thing maturity teaches people is that ultimately take responsibility for the messes you make. Know that you have feet of clay. I mean, that's some real nice wisdom to be able to tap into, especially when we're in the middle of diapers or earaches mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. sibling rivalry or teenagers that have lost their mind. They, you know, these, these teenagers that are certain they're the smartest person in the room and you've just lost every little IQ you have. It's nice to have a parent around who not only when the, parent, the kids act that way, they just start to giggle. And they say, what's so funny? Um, they remind me of you when you were a teenager. But look at how well you turned out. Just hang in there with them. You'll make it. Maturity is one of them. And, and along with that is experience. I mean, this is... It's amazing how um, even though you, you might be going through tough times, you don't have any money, um, the kids don't die. You, you still figure out how to feed them, how to clothe them, <laughs> how to get through. They know you can make it on a shoestring. They know that no matter how the children act, eventually they go to sleep and you get a reprieve. Um, so I, I think those are two wonderful assets. Uh, an, another one is perspective. Because um, um, don't, don't you think that, I mean, what are some of the, as a young mom yourself, mm -hmm. uh, raising these kids that are still in elementary school, do you even have a junior hire yet? No. No, no. Fifth grade. Yeah, oldest. yeah fifth grade. But it's real easy in the thick of it mm -hmm. to just wonder are, are these kids ever going to figure it out mm -hmm. and am i ever going to make it through there um your parents and your spouse's parents know that um academic setbacks don't mean that kid can't have a chance as an adult in the marketplace that uh, sibling rivalry it just kind of goes with the deal mm -hmm. and yet those kids can end up growing up being so devoted to each other and desiring the best for each other, even though, you know, you wish that you could live them, uh, raise them in two different states when they're young. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Teenage Rebellion, I mean, think some, some of the most noble, um, valuable people I know were nightmares as teenagers. Well, it's hard to believe that when you're in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. But when you have some gray hairs or Clairold hairs or wherever <laughs> around you, <laughs> and they say, don't panic. Mm -hmm. Don't panic. This is, this is a rough situation you're in, and it's frightening too. But believe it or not, I see, I, I see another side of this thing. I see beyond it, and I think we're going to love this kid through this. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're going to be fine, and they're going to be fine. Yeah. That perspective is so helpful when you're in the thick of it. Yeah. And it's also encouraging, too, to hear, because 
I forget what I was like when I was in junior high. Mm-hmm. I know my husband does. And so when I see my youngest like bouncing off the walls and he it's, you know, he has so much energy. And then my husband's mom's like, oh, that's just how Mike was. Like he just he can't learn sitting down. So right. let him hang off the side of the couch. Let him do his homework upside down. Who cares? Like as long yeah. as he's doing it. I'm like, oh, OK, yeah, that's right. right. Or food. We have picky eaters. Right. Right. And I'm like, oh. They're not going to grow. They're not getting their nutrition. And she's like, they'll figure it out. They're not going to just eat quesadillas when they're on a date, when they're 25. (laughs) Their palate will expand. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. Yeah, that experience is huge. Um, And and yet, it's hard to even be open to it if if we're starting with a presupposition that we think the older generation is just a bunch Mm -hmm. of selfish morons that Mm -hmm. screwed everything up. Or they're so removed. They don't yeah. know what we're going through. Yeah, they have no idea mm-hmm. what we're going through. And and look, I, I do believe that today's parents are facing some challenges that the parents before them didn't face. Mm-hmm. But your parents face challenges that you've never had to face. Mm-hmm. We, we, I was with some guys this morning at breakfast, and we were talking about the average price of a wedding today. And where kids, uh, where these typical f- uh, couples go on their honeymoons, it was unheard of. Wow. It, it, it would never happen. The only mm-hmm. people that did that were the exclusively rich. Well, guess what? The middle class now mm-hmm. is living like the exclusively rich did when I was a kid. Now, that's fine as long as you, uh, you know, have great principles leading your life that's where the bible comes to your mm. protection but don't think for a second that just because your parents have never let's say lived in a high-tech world mm-hmm. or all that stuff that they didn't have challenges in their life that uh, would dwarf and eclipse some of the things that you're facing mm-hmm. and um so I, I think it starts with a, with a respect. Don't and, and, and by the way, I think it's, how, it's best when it's a two-way street because I know a lot of grandparents that lose their voice because they just don't respect their kids that much mm-hmm. because they think their kids have followed a lot of uh, thinking that they think is uh, just foolish and mm-hmm. irresponsible and all that stuff. Well, you know, what I just said is not un, a typical of anybody that's young. You're young. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, I think we tend to be very idealistic in our young life. And I love ideals. But they also have to be tempered with reality. Mm-hmm. And usually when you do that and you do that with grace, you end up being able to have the best of both. Mm-hmm. There's assets out there that they, they can bring. I'll mention one other one. I, I, I think our grandparents can be great assistance to us. But you would mentioned to me when you said you wanted me to sit with you and talk, that sometimes there's parents out there that just wish that would happen, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't. Talk about that. Yeah. In my circle of friends and in our network, there's just a lot of heartbreak around um, unmet expectations, disappointments of, you know, grandparents that have retired and taken off, you know, across country grandparents that put um, all these stipulations on, well, we'll hang out with your kid for one hour. Mm-hmm. Um, grandparents that overstep boundaries and, or interfere or intervene or say, well, we'll only 
you know, give you money if you send them to this school or do this, right? And so it creates this relational riff between, you know, parent and their parents or grandparents. So, but again, this ministry has always spoken into that's where grace comes in because there's no perfect parent and there's no no perfect grandparent. No. And we were talking the other day, I'm like, my parents are goofy. Mm -hmm. My in-laws are goofy. But I love them immensely. Right. And one day I'm going to fumble through being a grandma. Right. I'm going to be overbearing. I'm going to probably be obnoxious. I know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm going to mean well and I'm going to allow my kids to tell me, hey, you need to back off or it's too much. So let's talk about giving our parents some grace when yeah. they're not measuring up to how we want them to be the ideal grandparent. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, one of the things we teach here at our ministry about how grace plays out in in real time is um, it when grace is active in relationships it's setting that other person's heart free and one of the ways you set them free is you give them the freedom to be different uh, you don't make it a crime just because they don't align mm-hmm. up with exactly what your personal tastes are in life um, and so uh, and we use synonyms for different, so people know like weird, bizarre, strange, goofy, quirky. Well, don't you think as a child, um, it's so it's so nice for your heart when your parents don't make it a crime for you to be a little weird, bizarre, mm-hmm. strange, goofy, or quirky. Yeah. Well, don't you think that would work the other way that your kids don't make it a crime if you, as a grandparent, are a little weird, bizarre, strange, goofy, mm-hmm. or quirky? But don't you think that starts with the parents coaching their kids well, mm-hmm. saying, oh, Mimi always does this, Mom, it's so embarrassing. And you say, that's okay. That's how God made Mimi. She's yeah. funny. Who yeah, cares exactly. that she does that? Or yeah. you could say, yeah, that's really annoying. She's yeah. done that our entire marriage. It's you know, Right? It's kind of the narrative exactly that we right. as parents, again, we're not talking about the outlying really toxic grandparents that are abusive, whatever. We're talking about the run-of-the-mill grandma that shows up <laughs> does a glitter bomb in your house and does slime because she's there to just have fun with your kids. And it's easy to be like, oh, she always comes over, she makes a mess, she doesn't yeah, clean it up, like how selfish, up. right? You're telling your kids this, or you can say, wow, that's really fun. I love mm-hmm. that she wants to come spend time with you. That's really mm-hmm. special. Yeah. Sometimes uh, I've, I've, I've known of families that they'll, after the grandparents leave, they sit around and they, they just have a a, 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 a laugh fest uh, mm-hmm. imitating all the, the quirks and things about them. Mm-hmm. And the parents are leading the way, then the kids will do it. And, and, and you think, uh, mm-hmm. okay, if um, we videoed that, sent it to these parents that just came out to spend the mm-hmm. weekend with you or spend the evening with you or whatever, or take your kids on a trip or something like that, you know, they think, oh, Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. I I didn't realize that that was mm-hmm. such an embarrassment to them that, mm-hmm. I, that, that you know, and it's just them, just normal, and uh, and then aging does causes things to happen for people that they they wish were different, but they mm-hmm. they're not as fast as they were. They 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 struggle with certain things, and mm-hmm. uh, we, there's a standard joke, but you know, if you have any technological problems call your youngest grandchild and they'll fix it. Well, that's true. But when the grandchild has a flat tire in their 
on their uh, bicycle, they have no clue mm-hmm. how to fix that. Mm-hmm. And the grandfather says, uh, bring me a 5 8 inch wrench and a screwdriver. And, and uh, you know, it, it, why, why do we mock one another? Mm-hmm. Just say, this is great that they can figure it out. And yeah, there, there's, there's certain things, you know, when you get to be in your late 60s, 70s, or 80s, you're, you're running out of runway. And uh, those kids don't realize how, how all they've ever had was this technology. They have no idea what it's like not to have it. Well, it, it can be overwhelming to one age group and second nature to another. But um, if those kids ever had to go for days without knowing where their next meal is, um, or they did not have the money for a big elaborate wedding or some over-the-top exotic uh, honeymoon, uh, there's some old people there that said, you'll be fine. Yeah. We, we know what that's like. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's so much we could be doing to make this better. Yeah. And how we treat the kids' grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love you to real quick talk about the four roles of grandparents. Yeah. Because whether you have great parents in your life that are like, yes, we want to do this, or one day most of us will be grandparents. So yeah. what is God's standard? What is the ideal that he has set well, up for well, us? You know, in, in our book, Extreme Grandparenting, we just deal, the, the first half of the book is on these four roles that we have. These are biblical roles. These are things that, um, that you know, in your calling as a grandparent, you have a chance to make a difference. One is to give a blessing to our children. To, to, uh, and and um, uh, one of the ways we do that, I, I think, is, is you recognize they have these innate inner needs that we can be speaking to and appealing to every time. And this is the primary way you, you give a blessing to your grandchildren, is you, you, you realize that they need to know that they're secure, that they're significant, they have intrinsic worth and value, that they are strong and adequate for the moments that they're in with the people around them and so forth. And when I, if I do that, every time I'm having contact with my grandchild, and I'm building those three inner needs, I'm leaving them a blessing. A, a second role we have is to leave a solid legacy for them to build on, and that's our reputation, our um, our track record, um, our worldview. All these things can be solid foundation for them going into a world that's really screwed up. We, we were brought up in a world that was really screwed up, and we survived it. And and I think this is where our spiritual life plays such a big role in our faith. And then. I think bearing a torch um, for the kids in a, in a, I think, a pretty dark, um, discouraging world. You, you know, when you have these kids trying to process their, their way through life, and, and they're just young. They, they have very little to work with. They just got here. But they turn to, in the, let's say the Wall Street throws up and, and the economy tanks. And the, these young parents are trying to figure out how are we going to do it. Inflation has caused a, a dozen eggs to triple in price or something. How are we going to make this? You know, and then they see these very calm older people who know exactly 
how to make this thing work. And, and they don't panic. Uh, along with this, in the fourth role is I think is is setting a clear standard for kids to go by because between bearing a torch in a dark world, I think it helps if you have clear moral standards that you live by, mm-hmm. and you don't compromise those just because they're not popular or it's going to cost you something to stick by them. Mm-hmm. And right now, this new generation and their parents really need some old people (laughs) that are like that because the world that we're living in has jettisoned the moral absolutes. Mm -hmm. And we have, um, uh, you know, a culture that is extremely indifferent to God, uh, to God and his uh, standards. By the way, there's nothing new about this. Mm -hmm. It's been an ongoing problem. But I think because of the media and everything, it's just on a wholesale standard and so visible now. And when grandkids have a reference point and their parents have a reference point to these, this, this grandma or granddad that just say, hey, they're steady, mm-hmm. they're solid, they're, they're calm, and, and, and they're going through their own junk. Mm-hmm. Age is catching up with them medical things, all that stuff. Mm. Anyway. Oh, that's really helpful. Yeah. Especially as a parent, and we're we're kind of riding the, you know, what is the expression? You're you're in both worlds. We're dealing with our parents, we're dealing with our kids, and then trying to bridge the gap, hopefully, right. between the two. So that there is this legacy and this blessing that continues on for generations. But sometimes we need to not block that. We no. need to allow God to work and can, and can I make one final decision? One, one final suggestion on that is 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 continue to work on your relationship with them as a daughter or a son mm-hmm. that that has nothing to do with your kids. Because mm-hmm. because a lot of times the grandparents say the only time my kids want them me in their life is to relieve them from their responsibility of parenthood so they can go do whatever they want to do. Okay, I'm glad to do that, and I'm glad to be able to spend this time with my grandkids, but. You know, we spent 18, 20 years pouring our life into this this young man or this young woman. And it's just hard, I think, for a, a grandparent when they feel that that kid has no need for them or and or they have no desire mm. to have a relationship with them apart from how it accommodates their more selfish needs. Mm-hmm. No, pursue it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I I think I think love only works when it's active and and we're actively pursuing that other person's heart. But when you have heart connected kids to their parents, boy, it sure makes those parents incredibly more valuable grandparents. What a wise word. Thank you, Tim. I'd I'd love to have you come back and talk about some of the sticky specific situations that we deal with in the grandparenting dynamic. Be glad to do. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for listening to the Grace Space Family Podcast. This is part of Family Matters Ministry. For more information, check us out at gracebasefamilies.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Until next time. <laughs>